The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at RomansChapter5 at Comcast.net. We are led to believe a lie when we see not through the eye. William Blake Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 59, The Evident, Evidence, and Faith, Part 2b. Rational freedom allows us to see the evident in all its enhanced structure, to experience finite reality, but it also allows the choice of accepting or denying it, of revising or correcting it. This is metaphysics. By differentiating and conceptualizing, that is, speculating on the asymptotic ideal as ground, rationality creates the intellectual space that is freedom. We are free to create with the imagination and embrace with the will a metaphysical conception of the world that denies the evident. We see this in Orwell's 1984. It is evident to Winston that two plus two makes four. The rational freedom of will, however, also allows us, in contradiction of the evident, to create an alternative truth. That two plus two equals five, in defiance of both the rational evident, logic, and the experiential evident. And then, by an act of will, to embrace it as true. The freedom of will, as Descartes pointed out in the Meditations, is practically infinite. Quote, It is the faculty of will only, or freedom of choice, which I experience to be so great that I am unable to conceive the idea of another that shall be more ample and extended, so that it is chiefly my will which leads me to discern that I bear a certain image and similitude of deity. End quote. When we fail, then, to properly constrain the will, we open the possibility of error. Quote, Whence, then, spring my errors? They arise from this cause alone, that I do not restrain the will, but extend it even to things I do not understand. And as the will is of itself indifferent to such, it readily falls into error and sin by choosing the false in room of the true and evil instead of good. End quote. Proper constraint of the will, then, is the best procedure for discovering truth and avoiding speculative excess. The evident must be allowed to correct the understanding's speculation, to align it ever more tightly to the asymptote, the ideal, as it reveals itself. Science, as said in Orwell's 1984, stands on the empirical habit of thought 
and any metaphysical account that prioritizes rational speculation over empirical constraint is bound to confound explanation with prescription, as does the entire Hegelian tradition. This conclusion, however, is not self-evident. Better, we should say that the empirical habit of thought is itself based on a metaphysical understanding, a chosen approach to experience, a faith. If we are advocates of science, of the empirical habit of thought, it is because we believe, at a very basic level, that what we see will not, properly understood, lead us into error. We have, that is, an existential faith in the goodness, the value, the fidelity of that which appears to us. This brings us full circle back to where we began this series. We might justifiably say that animals, too, have faith in their senses, as they never doubt them as guides to life. Doubt, however, is only possible when we can be wrong, when our understanding is corrigible, subject to error, to correction, to being brought into proper relation with what is. Animals do not, indeed cannot, have faith in what appears to them, since faith, like truth, only exists in experiencing the evident as uncertain, as pointing beyond itself to that which is not present in time and space, and to the ideal. It is only when we have an account of the uncertain relation between the evident and the ideal, a metaphysical story, that our understanding can be wrong, can be corrected. Freedom, however, allows corrigibility to go both ways. We can be corrected toward truth or toward error. We can deny the truth of the evident or embrace it as a boundary to metaphysical explanation. Which approach we take is a matter of choice, of will. This is the two-edged sword of freedom. Again, then, rationally differentiated experience of the evident points beyond the evident to the ideal. Experience of the ideal as evident gives us a standard by which our free determinations of value into a hierarchy of value may be judged as right or wrong. In other words, the experience that our judgment can be wrong reveals to us both the indeterminacy of the evidence and our freedom of judgment. Truth is a correlation between an ideal whole that is indexically evident but outside our ken, and our judgment about the evident we experience. Judgments are progressively corrigible toward truth by the asymptotic approach to the ideal. As I tried to formulate in our series on atheism, there are two poles of metaphysical commitment, and in between the poles lie all sorts of combinations and shadings of the polar tendencies as we human beings are seldom consistent 
in our beliefs. The poles, however, are discrete, even contradictory faith positions. The first pole, one, believes the world is good in the sense of the repeated phrase of Genesis chapter 1. God saw that it was good, that the universe is value-infused in its very being. It believes that rationality and our senses are uniquely linked to being, that properly employed they can lead us to truth, and that ethics, like all value, is objectively bound to being, that we are responsible as rational beings to align ourselves with the ideal standards of reality, truth, and morality. The other pole, too, believes that the universe is not good. But this belief exists on a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, the universe is indifferent, and value is an epiphenomenon of the contingent accident of life and consciousness. We might call this view classic materialism. On the opposite end of the spectrum is the view that the universe is negatively valued, actively evil, deceptive and hostile, and that value is an illusion. Being, on this view, must be denied, corrected, escaped, mastered, or overthrown, even ignored. Value and truth are relative, not real. The evident is useful as a means to survival, but reveals nothing beyond its usefulness. Likewise, morality is purely utilitarian, epiphenomenal, and not obligatory in any transcendent sense. One metaphysical pole assumes value as a component of the real, and one denies it. This is the fundamental distinction. We can choose between these metaphysical accounts because we are free, rational beings. When we choose belief in the goodness of creation, we ground rationality in the evident. We affirm the evident as metaphysically real. This metaphysics can be lived. Its alternative cannot. We are free to deny the evident rationally, to metaphysically rewrite it, privileging a rationalized metaphysical account over what appears. But then the universe must remain ever alien to us. As we live the contradiction between what we conceive to be real and what our experience tells us. Which metaphysics is true? Surely one or the other is. But we cannot know, as metaphysics is the realm of faith, not knowledge. It is telling, though, that seriously asking that question commits us logically to the claim that truth and reality are true and real, not mere epiphenomena. Does this mean they are? No, it doesn't. 
we can choose to ally ourselves with our rationality and the evident, though reason does not compel this, or we can deny them. If we choose the denial, however, it seems to me that we deny the very rational ground upon which the question can have any meaning at all. There either is truth and value, as affirmed by our experience of the evident, or there is not. And it seems to be the case that, as Blake said, we are led to believe a lie when we see not through the eye. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.